0: This is the Create Yourself Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Create Yourself Podcast. Uh, this show is all about fitness, nutrition, mindset, business, and creating a life that you're proud of. Uh, today, that I am I'm joined by my good friend, Billy Adams, uh, a little bit of a mentor uh, to me. He is an entrepreneur, crossfitter, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, father, husband, and probably a thousand uh, things more on top of that. It's a pleasure to have him on today. He's a, a wealth of knowledge, and I'm really excited to ask him some questions and see if we can uh, siphon some knowledge out of this guy. Billy, what's up, man?
1: Not much. Uh, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. This is going to be
0: cool. This is a, a long time coming. I'm pretty excited to have him. So um, today's episode, we're going we're gonna to dabble a little bit into... Uh, if, man, Billy is probably the busiest person that I know in the entire planet. Um, And then he still manages to get tons of workouts in, stay fit, eat right. Uh, Then on top of that, he is uber successful in any business endeavor he's ever jumped into. Um, And then he's a pleasure- (laughs) We'll talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) uh, On the the surface, he appears that way. Um, And then he's probably one of the happiest, most positive people that uh, I've had a chance to be around in my 32 years of existence uh, on this earth. So um, we're gonna dive right into this thing. So Billy, give us a little bit of backstory um, into who you are, what you do the whole nine give it to us
1: sure thank you uh and i just uh, i just did this so last yeah. evening uh <laughs> Super from, fresh for from it. 6 to 9 p.m i, I give a, a talk on organizational leadership uh at a local university here and it's one of their capstone events they have yeah. guests you know come in and, and speak and so yeah this is pretty fresh now um i've got some hieroglyphic notes here but uh i posted a picture of it already <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, picture's worth a thousand words, so I got about 10,000 words right here. Nice, in a, in that's amazing. In this little cue card. Yeah. But uh, basically, you know, I tell people that uh, from age 1 to 17, I was a booger-eating moron. <laughs> I really was, man. Yeah. I was not the guy that you'd want to follow or emulate in any way. Um, I didn't really have that much guidance, uh, no fault to my parents. Um, I, you know, my father's a nuclear physicist, and, and he really didn't know what to do with me because I a pretty physical kid, yeah. uh, and he was very academic-oriented. You know, his, in his opinion you know, his body was just to carry his brain around. That's really, you know, never worked out a day in his life, Uh, didn't eat well, but he's super, super smart dude. Um, And so he really didn't know what to do with me, you know, and and said, well, if you want to play a sport, you know, which one do you want to play? So I played hockey and I did pretty well at that. Um, uh, But really, I mean, I, I remember one, my second sophomore year, my second sophomore. Second sophomore's. sophomore. Yeah. yeah. I, like that. I was like, that kind little, of. little pretense there. Right? Yeah. 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 I got straight F's. Wow. Right? And I just, just didn't want to be there. Yeah. And so. Your dad pretty fired up about that? Uh, no. He was like, I didn't, he just didn't know what, what, did what to do? do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, because he was definitely not that kid. Um, so, uh, you know, one thing that I always said was uh, that I want to join the military. Um, you know, that was a physical thing. And, and we weren't poor. Uh, but, you know, um, we were. Uh... You know, middle-class uh, family, but we, you know, never ate out, never went anywhere, yeah. never had any vacations. The first time I was, you know, on a plane was uh, to Fort Benning, Georgia, for the, <laughs> you know, for my indoctrination into the world of the army. That was my first time on <laughs> too. Was, <laughs> right? Uh, when I went to boot camp. I was yeah. Like, well, here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> this know? is it. Yeah. This is what a plane is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you know, when I joined the military, I, I figured like three weeks in, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I can actually do this. They don't mm-hmm. care what you did in the past they care about right now and it's a physical thing Uh, so youngest guy there um and i really at that point i I set my first goal ever you know i said wow you know the military i want to be a green beret that's what i said you know and i told everybody yeah and you know i tell this to everybody else uh you know when you have an idea tell everybody you know a lot of people think well it's my idea and if i tell people then, you know, they're going to steal my idea. And, I, you know, I say to folks, uh, the reason that people uh, miss opportunity is not because they don't hear opportunity when it comes knocking on the door, but when they answer the door, opportunity is dressed in work clothes. Yeah, uh, and, You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so really, uh, uh, don't worry about that. In fact, you telling others what your goal is, Will help you bring it into your reality, and people poking at it and prodding at it and changing it and all of this Can thing, be. yeah, yep. it, it allows you to focus on that and really bring it into fruition. So I think it's an important first step. Um, and so that's what I did. I, you know, I told everybody, hey, I want to be a Green bray Here I was this yeah. pimply, seventeen-year-old kid, you know, and they're like, oh, no, yeah, oh a boot camp? yeah, 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 oh wow, yeah, yeah, wow. and they were like, yeah, okay, kid, <clears throat> why don't you just focus on getting through basic training in yeah. AIT? So I did. Uh, I got to my first duty station uh, and you know in the infantry the only thing that you do is shoot, move, and communicate. It's right. a perfect prep for, for the qualification course for special forces so when I could I, I, I uh, signed up for the Q course, two year course. Uh, could you do that in basic training? Uh, no, uh, you actually have to be a non-commissioned officer or if you're an officer you have to be a captain. Okay. So you have to be in the military for a period of time before you can apply. Uh, and the, the minimum standard for application is pretty low. We want to get as many people in the door as possible right. because, you know, forcing people through that two-year course, not too many folks make it out the other end, especially first shot through. Right. Uh, so, you know, I went through the Q course. it's um, changed I, a
0: little bit, though, right?
1: I've heard, it that, has. I've heard yeah, Tim yeah.
0: Kennedy talk about it on his, uh, his podcast. He talked a lot about how... Uh, it used to be get a bunch of people in, so you can kind of siphon through the rubble a little bit. Yeah. And he said that's kind of changed a little bit to where they're they're more selective. Yeah. And now they're having issues like filling these spots because their pool of people so much smaller.
1: Yeah, and I do think it's duality. You know, uh, it just, you know, at some point they're going to say we just need more people, and the you know they're going to do the exact same thing, and right. so. Uh, I, th- I think that separating the wheat from the chaff, there's two methods of doing it. You right. either jam as much, you know, in there at the, at the start of Some it, mistakes. or you're, you're selective and you have a higher uh, rate of passing, right? right. Uh, And I think that the answer is that they work at each other uh, and then, you know, just the pendulum swings back and forth. So it may be there now where they're being more selective, but it will go back.
0: (laughs) Is it almost like wave-like to where you do this for a little bit and you change and you go and do this? Yeah.
1: So uh, when I graduated the Q course, you know, I basically uh, from that point forward uh, uh, for the next 18 years I was in special forces and on A teams and it's a pyramid kind of a thing. So to have a specialty uh, in Special forces is is pretty rare. Um, there's a couple of different specialties. There's Halo and there's scuba. Uh, there's counterterrorism uh, unit that you're in that usually have to be Halo or scuba qualified, but not necessarily. Um, I was fortunate because I was so young. I was able to uh, to actually uh, be on a Halo team, um, uh, which. You know, you get asked to get on a Halo team, so you got to have your act together and you're competing against other Green Berets. Right. Um, Is there limited spots for that? There are. So, out of one company, uh, there are, you know, six A-teams per company, basically, uh, and then there's one Halo team, and sometimes there's one scuba team, and sometimes, okay. it depends on uh, uh, the configuration of the, the group. Okay. Uh, there may be one per company, there may be one per battalion, which mm. makes it even tighter. Uh, and so um, I was asked to be on the Halo team, and I did that for five years. Nice. Uh, and then uh, I went to Language Institute in Monterey to, to learn how to read, write, and speak Thai, and that was pretty cool. Um, then uh, I went to uh, uh, back to Fort Lewis to First Group, yeah. and I was they put me on a Halo team there, and. And in Okinawa, the Halo team was very physically fit. Uh, and um, when I got to uh, Fort Lewis, they weren't so much. Those were right. older Special Forces guys. You know, being on a Halo team was kind of cush. And I, I was like, ah, you know, after about six months, I was like, you know what? I, I need more more working out. Yeah. You know, I need more PT, physical th- physical that's,
0: that's, stuff. That's, that's different for me to think of, like, a, a Special Forces group that's not as physically ready as you would expect. Like You know, you see... Uh, in my time in the military, I was on uh, Naval Base Damneck for a little bit, yeah. and there was a couple of SEALs groups out there, and you would almost daily see them PTing on the beach. Right, along, that's how it should know. be. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. you'd see them in base gym doing their thing. Like, yep.
1: Yeah. But if you go back to uh, you know SEAL Command, uh, you know don't go to Coronado, there's guys who are not on uh, SEAL teams. You know, and hey, man, getting a little soft around the outside. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) What's up with that? Uh, And so, fortunately, uh, you have a choice. And so, I went uh, and said, "Hey, man, I want to go to a scuba detachment." And so, uh, I did uh, uh, scuba Olympics, which uh, you know, you compete with other special (coughs) forces guys, and scuba teams definitely uh, are the most physically fit units in special forces and Green Berets.
0: Is that across the board? Like, because I mean, everybody has divers or scuba divers, stuff like that. Is that pretty much the same across the board? Divers are always pretty. It, dude.
1: Yes. And uh, the reason is because of the equipment that you use. Uh, we use a, a closed circuit apparatus called a LAR5. No mm-hmm. bubbles, you know, so uh, when you uh, breathe out, it uh, scrubs the CO2 out of your breath, and then you breathe that back in, basically. It's
0: pretty cool. Uh, it is very cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, and uh, because of that, you need, in order to use that apparatus correctly, you need to be physically fit because you can over-breathe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's super <clears throat> dangerous and you don't want to be a liability to, you know, your team. Right. So being physically fit is very important uh, for the job. Uh, and so I went to scuba Olympics and we did this big pre-scuba and uh, eliminated all of the, uh, we separated the wheat from the chaff,
0: yeah, sure. <laughs> so to
1: speak. Uh, and then I went uh, to scuba school, I was on a scuba detachment for five years. Uh, I went to the schoolhouse after that to, uh, to teach the manly art of war to, uh, to other uh, Green Berets. Yeah. Uh, and at that time I said, hey, I need to get an education, I can, I can uh, count on the next three years being in one place, which was pretty, it's pretty rare for That's a special rare, right? forces yeah. guy. Uh, and I, got a, uh, I walked out of there, I went from a GED to an MBA. Uh, and really I, yep. I leverage that every single day of the week. I use my MBA all the time, every day (laughs) to start
0: one conversation. I feel like I got to pull off that MBA a little bit. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Um, and so, uh, when I left uh, the schoolhouse, I went and, uh, it was time for me to be a team sergeant. Most folks get about two years as a team sergeant in charge of a, a team. I was fortunate enough to be uh, asked to be put in charge of a Halo team. Same Halo team that I was on in Okinawa, Japan as a member. Now I was the leader of that team. Oh, right. It's a super cool thing. Yeah. I did that for a couple of years, and then I went into uh, a unit that is uh, uh, it's called a SIF. It's a counter and extremist force, a direct action force that goes and gets uh, bad guys. Right. Uh, and so I was in uh, uh, on that team, and it was a very special team. Uh, it had uh, 12 Green Berets, two Navy SEALs, two combat controllers from the Air Force, uh, and two civilians. Uh, and so I did that for uh, the last four years as in the military, three and a half years as in the military. Uh, and that was an amazing thing. And the only reason that I left after 21 years was because my son was now three years old, and he he's a kid he started yeah. to understand, man. Yeah and so you know I thought to myself he he needs a dad yeah Uh, and I can't guarantee that you can never guarantee it but uh, you know taking chances like that uh, is something that I didn't want to do so when I left the military I knew that I didn't wanna be in a cubicle kind of a job you know or anything like that that.
0: yeah and
1: right it's uh, I couldn't understand how uh, how that could be fulfilling and I tell people Uh, last evening I told, uh, you know, a group full of people that uh, you have to follow your passion. And I go round and round with other successful folks about passion and following your passion and finding your passion. I think it's super important. And a friend of mine said, yeah, but not every passion is profitable. And I said, yeah, but you know what? In my opinion, being rich, it used to be a number. Mm -hmm. You know, if I could only make X number of dollars. And I always found if if you did that, if you poked it, if you put your success on a dollar, right. it would be just out of reach all the time. Yeah. You know? So in the beginning, that's what I thought success was. I now have defined success as this. Yeah. The ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Right. Right. that
0: success is, uh, I, I 100%, I used to do the same thing that you were just talking about. Like, what is success? Like, even with, like, yeah. I was like, man, like, I love coaching people. I love doing this. I love doing that. Uh, but can I make that that number that I had in my head uh, but what I found is that being rich and successful was relative to like your environment and the environment that you create the people you're around like yeah. uh I would consider myself now very rich and successful I am yeah. not uh, talking money like I'm not rich too. by any means but uh I get to be around people like yourself our coaches our staff people are great here to yeah. me that's success that's that's being rich, my life feels rich and successful, but it's relative, just like you said. It's not a, a dollar. It's not, I reach this in my bank account, and I'm successful. No, it's right. not
1: true. Yeah, 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 and that is totally it, and you've created an awesome community right. here. You know, my hat's off to you for what you've created. It's, you, you are a rich man for it, uh, sure, and that's sure. exactly what I mean is, is the passion will lead you to the thing that you want to do for 90 hours a week. You know that right. thing that you could really bury your brain into, uh, and have that work-life balance that you want, whatever that work-life balance mm-hmm. looks like. And I, I tell people that uh, that there's an equation that I use. My kids know it. Um, everybody I speak to knows it. Uh, and so, if you can imagine in your head a stick figure, okay, of like a human, fix over exactly, there. Yeah, just yeah. like my heart, this one right here. <laughs> so this equation is a stick figure and then there's a line under it and then there's a dollar sign under that so you have a stick figure, a line and a dollar sign and that is people over things that is the yeah. what I'm talking about and you know when you when you remember that equation and you always put people over things everything comes right, right. and when you start to mix that up and forget it it stuff starts flying off the hinges man mm-hmm. uh, and you know, I say to people that as long as you keep that in mind that that whatever you're doing the 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 video playing the video games versus going out with your friends, mm-hmm. you know, uh you know that's the Friday night conversation for a lot of 20-somethings. Yeah. You know, put that game controller down and get with the people, right? right? Cuz that's where it, it, you're at, you know, that's I, where you you're need talking to be. My, like, right? was <laughs> right?
0: I it, it, it uh so I was having a conversation my my brother lives in Tennessee and um and my sisters they're just uh, they don't understand the concept of time and how like you can't get that back the,
1: right. the minute
0: that just passed we're not gonna get that minute back yep. we are in fact a minute older and any minute wasted is coming out of that that container or, or, or let's, let's just say like it's like a jar of sand like that sand is slowly going down and you can't put it's more not top, coming back you know? up. so why would you wait it, I was so guilty like I used to play this Xbox game all the time I would spend you know, six to eight hours. My wife's in bed, my children are asleep. So like, I'm not taking time from them, but it's time that I could be um, in bed with my wife, laying with my wife, sleeping, so that I get up early the next day and I'm ready to go enjoy that time. So just wasteful. Uh, So I love that thought. I love that, like, no wasted time, uh, people over money, because like, uh, people are what matter. You're not taking, uh, money's not gonna mean anything after a while. It's gonna be your experiences, your memories, like, uh, there, there's a guy that I listened to uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and he talks about um, when he was coming up he would go to nursing homes and he would have conversations and it was morbid it's kind of screwed up but he would no, literally go it. and he would talk to these people to remind him to be grateful and to be enriched and to live a good life and yeah. worry so much about like the, I should have done this, I should have done that, like he lives in every moment and yeah, so I, I love that, I love that a lot actually.
1: Yep, and uh, you know, it's super important and you know, so hopefully uh, somebody in the audience just went click, you know, Yeah. Uh, that would really make me happy. Yeah, for uh, sure. So, um, back to a little bit more, of, um, uh, after I left the military and finding that satisfaction, um, So the first thing that I did was, uh, uh, while I was still thinking that there was a number there, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, success was a number, some, you know, if I could just make 150K or something like that. Uh, A friend of mine, uh, Grant, I hope you're listening, uh, he uh, said, hey, I'm doing this this, uh, intellectual property play with a a fuel injection device, do you want to help? I was like, sure, man, I'll do anything. Uh, And so uh, we fresh out of the military. Fresh out of the military, Uh, I'd actually uh, considered taking a job where I was gonna. Uh, help a healthcare company uh, integrate. Well, they'd just done an acquisition of another healthcare company, and I was mm-hmm. going to integrate their systems uh, or help them integrate their systems and lead that team. Right. And that was m- more of the cubicle work. And I was like, ah, I don't yeah, know if I want to do that, mean? man. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, he convinced me to, to come on board. It was a really cool process because I'd never done anything like that. He's a fuel injection expert, fuel expert. Uh, And we did that play and it worked pretty well. Uh, And We sold that company after about 18 months and had a little bit of cash. Uh, And from there I went on and uh, did mixed-use hospitality, uh, which is very interesting. And another point right here in my hieroglyphics, uh, which is um, if you're going to do something, do it as big as as your brain can possibly envision. The, the failure to do that or failure to achieve that is not important because failing in the United States, you still have your house. Mm. You know, you go bankrupt and yeah, it's uncomfortable for a period of time, but after seven years you start over Good. and you've had seven years to plot against the world to figure <laughs> out exactly how you're going to dominate, right? <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, if I had to tell somebody at 20-something like last evening, uh, mm. hey, uh, you know, be more aggressive in your goals mm-hmm. in your goal setting. You know, mm-hmm. really throw it out there. You know, that private in the infantry wanting to be a Green Beret—that's as far as I could envision at that time throwing my mm-hmm. goal. Uh, and so, uh, my goal when I left uh, the fuel injection company and we wrapped that up was to do mixed-use hospitality. So you have a hotel, and then on, there's on the ground floor there is uh, a band of retail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I built uh, uh, hotels with Banda uh, band of retail, had, you know, uh, Deseo Spa was one of our brands. Um, uh, we had a restaurant and a bar. We had an indoor water park, a small amenity for the, uh, for so the, this like the hotel. This almost like the Great
0: Wolf Lodges now. Yeah, like it is. Right? It, it is yeah. that
1: kind of concept. And I had condos that uh, could use the amenities of the property, right? The nice. indoor water park and, and that kind of thing. And it was oh, a $14 right million dollar deal, right? Uh, and so the first thing that I ever did in land development was a fourteen million dollar deal and it was 2005 and Wells Fargo uh, out of Everett they they financed that and it was a good it was a nice tight business model that allowed for uh... the sale of the condos actually paid for the entire development so mm-hmm. once we sold out all the condos a hundred percent it would pay for the note on the development and by the time that we opened it because it was two thousand five and everybody was doing the speculation real estate yeah. uh... we had sold every condo and so the nice. day the certificate of occupancy we actually were able to get out of the note so we had a debt-free and we did something pretty smart which was to sell the property immediately uh, for hotels and restaurants and things like that, you're probably just as valuable on that first day as you ever will be. Uh, and so so sounds that. like a
0: car, right? Like, a, you know, yeah. you have a car that you drive, it's valuable, and then the minute you get off that lot, it drops like something crazy, like That's, five uh, to $10,000 yes. or something.
1: And you might be in a spot where you actually have a car that becomes a classic car, right. but not every car becomes a classic car. Not every restaurant becomes super successful and opens multiple restaurants, right. locations, and that kind of thing. Uh, and so we did the smart play, which was good. Yeah. Um, and then over uh, 2006, 2007, I did a couple more of those. And then in seven, I sold them all. Uh, and if you, like, look at the market, mm-hmm. 2007 just happened to be the top.
0: Yeah.
1: Every once in a while, you get lucky. And yeah. that's
0: okay. Eight and nine is when it dropped, right? That's when everything <laughs> tanked.
1: It is. And le-
0: when I paid $5 a gallon <laughs> for gasoline and
1: all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's when, uh, so... <laughs> Grant, the same guy that I did the fuel injection, uh, play with, uh, we, I was down in Eloy, Arizona, uh, and I was in a wind tunnel with all of my friends, uh, just, you know, having fun in a wind tunnel, right? We had a, uh, a wind tunnel there blocked off for the entire week, pretty much. And he calls me up and says, Hey man, what are you doing? And I said, uh, I'm down in Arizona. He's like, really? I'm in a wind tunnel. Uh, Yeah. And he says, I'll be right there. Uh, And I was like, okay, here's a pin, you know, actually it wasn't a pin, you know, I had to give him the physical address back then, you know. Pull out your atlas. Yeah, right. Uh, And so, um, you know, he comes flying in in a helicopter down to Eloy, Arizona, and like an hour later, right, and I'm like, wow. And he's pounding on the outside of the glass, and I'm inside the flight chamber flying around. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting. And he comes out, and we go to uh, the Bent Prop Cafe, which is like, uh, it's on the drop zone. It's a little like eatery, boosiery place. Okay. Uh, and he tells me that uh, um, about this company, Rotorway International, a helicopter manufacturing company in Chandler, Arizona, and that he wants to purchase this company, and he wants me to help him value it and, and be in on the purchase. And so we did that. Mm-hmm. And Valentine's Day, 2007, we purchased the company. Uh, and the intent was to reorganize the company, uh, and it, the first part of the capital that we uh, that we got to purchase the company was to restructure the company. And once we got it restructured, the second part of the capital injection was going to be to take their uh, experimental aircraft and certify it mm-hmm. and put a turbine in it so that we could put a certified... Uh, two-seat turbine helicopter in every flight school in the world. Okay. That was the intent and that really is and still available to yeah. do, uh, Darren, uh, the, the gentleman who now owns Rotorway. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, looking, at, looking at you, Darren. <laughs> it's still there, man, uh, and it's still a great idea for that company. What happened was, uh, in 2008, just like you said, uh, they pulled our, our credit line. So the bank said, hey man, you're not getting any of that money. Yeah. We're in the middle of a reorganization. It's about the worst time to pull the rug out from under a company. And so we pointed our, our sales at China that had just opened their market to, uh, to commercial aviation, mm-hmm. to, to private aviation, uh, and uh, we began selling into there. And we, we were able to, to wrap that company up into a bow and I was able to exit that company with my shirt, pretty much. Right? Could have been way worse. Oh, um, very painful process for everyone involved uh, in the company. And really, that was you know across the industry. In, yeah. You know, in total, all kinds of manufacturing was going under at that time because no one had lines of credit anymore, and right. you really need that. For work in process you know when you get a big job at a manufacturing company you have to create that widget and you might be able to get a 50 percent deposit but you're gonna have to at some point you know get all of that raw material and that cost money mm-hmm. and you have to have a line of credit to do it and when you get a line of credit pulled you can't do that anymore and you your business it does yeah. you go under uh, so after that I looked around and said man I only want to do fun stuff. Yeah, you know what's my passion? And really, I loved indoor skydiving. Yeah. Man, uh, I went there. My first uh, <clears> experience <throat> to indoor skydiving was in 1988 when it was uh, a secret at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, and I was there as part of the Halo training. Mm-hmm. And I, I left, you know, and I'm on the bus, and after everybody first flew, and everybody's saying, "Oh, how much fun that was!" Yeah. you know, and I was thinking to myself, "Oh my gosh." If mom, dad, and the kids knew about this, it would be a line around the block. And so in 2009, it had become a a company, uh, and that company was uh, uh, headed by a a gentleman named Alan Metney, a friend of mine, um, who is now super, super successful because of indoor skydiving. Uh, And I called him up and I said, Hey, how come there's not one in Seattle? And he said, Because no one has ever been able to pull it off. It's a pretty. Yeah, exactly. Oh no, this is me. Yeah. You know, instead of doing you know uh, mixed-use hospitality, I'm going to build these. Yeah. So my intent was to to build Seattle, make it popular, and then go down the West Coast and build down the West Coast. Mm. And so that's exactly what I did. In 2011, we opened the doors to Seattle. I you know built, owned, and operated that thing for a couple of years. And I I called up Alan and I said, Hey, man, I want to do Portland now. And he said, Hey, you know. This thing is a really uh, amazing thing, uh, the indoor skydiving, it spins off a lot of cash and so we're going to buy back all of the, the franchisees. And uh, I thought about that and I said, hey, uh, you know, why don't you buy me out uh, and then uh, I'll work for you. I'll take a little stock in your company. And so we worked out a deal and that's exactly what I did. I began developing for the corporate. I became uh, part of the franchisor.
0: And that's what you do currently?
1: Uh, no. Oh. Almost. So uh, you know, I thought that's where you stopped there. Actually, yeah, you go further, than that yeah, anymore. no, yeah. So now we're in unknown territory. Super yeah. interesting, <laughs> uh, at least in in, in my world. Um, and so uh, you know, I began uh, building iFly um, um, stores, and pretty much every store that's on the West Coast uh, is I built. Uh, With the exception of the two that were in place before uh, I started, Mm -hmm. which was uh, iFly Hollywood and iFly SF Bay. But other than that, all the iFly's on the west coast I built. Uh, And then the ones in Chicago, I built those. Um, The first two in uh, Rosemont and Naperville, and the the third one I was involved in the the lease of that particular location in downtown um, Chicago. Uh, and so, in 2016, um, we got uh, a partner, KSL Capital Partners, and they they uh, bought out all of the folks who had stock, with the exception of Alan and a couple of others. Uh, and so at that time, I was bought out in 2016. Uh, and then uh, I said, you know, what I want to do is to step back out of the franchise, become a franchisee again, and start building them for myself. And so uh, I build about two a year. Mm -hmm. I currently have one uh, in Texas right now that is under construction in El Paso. It'll be done in uh, March, March 15th. Uh, And we're working on one in Vancouver right now. So uh, uh, that is in permitting, it'll be out of permitting here in the next month, and then I'll probably start on that in March 15th. get the certificate of op- occupancy in, in El Paso and then begin the construction on Vancouver. And, you,
0: and you're and you owning these buildings, it's not yes. like you're leasing a space, right? Yes. Uh, well,
1: actually, we we lease the property, long-term right. lease, 35 years, you know, a 15-year lease with, with five-year tails, okay. uh, out to 30, 35 years, uh, and then we own the building. Okay. So it's a little bit of a trick. Right. And it's a fairly heavy lift uh, financially. Uh, and that's, that is what I'm doing. That kind of brings you up to current. So, you yeah. know, the tale of my of my life uh, my business life from you know zero to to now i'm 52 years old is uh that is the story um and that is my passion i really enjoy doing these things i love talking to people about indoor skydiving when i say indoor skydiving people perk up yeah you know it's a wonderful thing flying around a room with your friends and yeah. family is just fun. In fact, my wife and and daughter were, you know, flying last night. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, That's well, awesome. Well, I was uh, talking to the. The good folks in the NBA program at PLU, yeah. you know, they were up there flying. Yeah, yeah. So
0: my parents, uh, they go to this place in Tennessee called Dollywood. And oh yeah. They have a wind tunnel there, and my dad was telling me how <laughs> awesome it was. And I've actually never done it. I need to get over, to uh, get to one of your spots and do oh, it. Oh, absolutely. I've never man. done it. I, 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 Megan always to. talks about like, like you no know, Billy, why don't we make that a weekend one time? And I was yeah. Like, I was like, I'm sure we should try to set something up. You uh, must.
1: Now that I know. <laughs> right, right. You will. Yeah. You're Force <laughs> it. Um, yeah, yeah. So,
0: it, as you guys can see. Uh, Billy is very busy, and um, it pretty much makes any excuse invalid when somebody tells me they can't achieve something or they can't do something, because here you are, you know, what do you say, a zit-filled 17-year-old kid. (laughs) booger moron booger moron (laughs) right, so I couldn't remember, um, (laughs) who essentially went from uh, kid F in school to uh, Army to Green Beret to business owner, um, uh, got a degree and now you're uber successful in the business world, you have a beautiful family, like everything is um, going very well for you. And then the, uh, the thing that's even more cool about that is that um, you still manage to live a
1: very active and healthy life. How do you make that work? Um, you know, it's a good question. And the way that I make that work is, uh, uh, I don't have, uh, I make sure that that is the, the top thing during the day. Um, when when I there's a you may not hear this on the podcast but behind us there is uh, folks clanging and banging doing some crossfit which is fantastic Uh, and so uh, when I get up in the morning I make sure that when I go to bed at night the last thing that I look at is the workout of the day for the next day and I do that as a way to put my brain to bed I focus on something easy that my brain can get wrapped around and it allows me to go to sleep. And so when I wake up in the morning, I know that the first thing that I want to do is go work out. And I try to figure out my day, whatever it is, to engineer it so that I have time to work out. And you do this both when you travel and when you're here local? Yeah, you know, when I travel, traveling is, uh, it's tough, right? And sometimes you are, your time is not yours and you never have enough time. But what I do enjoy is that if I can get away, uh, at any time during the day I will go to a local CrossFit affiliate and I very much enjoy dropping into that local affiliate and I've probably dropped into hundreds by now yeah. uh, and I, I just love that it's the same camaraderie that you get in every you know CrossFit place there's different variables that it happen in there there's yeah. good ones and not so good ones but it's all super fun right, right. Uh, and for dropping in one time it's totally worth it yeah. sometimes you can't do that right. and you're stuck in a hotel But they always have, in the crummiest workout exercise room in any hotel, there is dumbbells. And a dumbbell, with a dumbbell, you could literally crush Nothing yourself things. in 10 minutes.
0: I program for people online that only have a kettlebell or dumbbell. That's and, all you need. Uh, they work out five or six days a week with some good amount of variation in there. So it's just, uh, what I hear is that you make your fitness and your health a priority. Oh, and yeah. you plan your business and your life, for the most part, or I'm sorry, your business and your work around your life and your health and your, and your fitness, which is something that, like, um, I lose sight of it from time to time that, hey, I need to take care of me when in fact that actually bleeds out into everybody else around me who I'm trying. Like, i got to fill my cup so that I can fill others, too. That's right. Um, not just for that reason, but so that I can essentially benefit people who are around me. Like I, I mean, I'm sure you can attest to this. Like, if I don't work out or eat healthy and I feel like crap, that only hurts everybody else who are trying to, uh, people that I mentor, that I coach, like, I'm only hurting them.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to optimize, you know, my personal fitness and my personal life so that I can dedicate more time to that people over things calculation so that I can be my best in front of people and that I'm not, you know, toast and, you know, feeling fuzzy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And even sometimes, you know, it's down to okay. It's 500 burpees in the in the hotel room, right? Yeah. I mean, you yeah. just don't need anything. But right. you know, after 500 burpees, oh, you're done for the day. It's good. I've done many <laughs> a hotel workout right. you now, and
0: uh, most often they uh, uh, have uh, burpees in them. Yeah, you can get so much value from that. You know? oh. um, horrible. Okay, so okay, you make your fitness and your health a priority. You manage to do that. Super busy all the time. Um, how do you stay motivated to do that?
1: Uh you know uh I think that the the fitness part of it, uh, the constantly varied functional fitness done at high intensity, uh, that varied portion of the calculation is the thing that I really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and it's something new every day. And sometimes you get a workout like yesterday, I finished top of the board. Are you kidding Winning. me? Winning. <laughs> right? Like, hey, that doesn't happen often. He's 52 years old, <laughs> by the way. But, uh, you know, most of the time you get in there and there's one or two movements like today um, that are going to slow you down. And that's the thing. You're like, okay, I'm going to work on that today. Uh, yeah. so I really enjoy that piece I enjoy moving my body uh, and I, I think that's something that you only find after doing it for a, a couple of months right uh, once you start to get into it, it's like oh yeah now I, I feel better when I work out yeah but it takes a couple of months of pain to get there I right. mean um, you just kinda have to endure that but after that initial shock on your body I think it's uh, downhill from there it's yeah. easier to stay up when you're up right, right? Um, mm-hmm. for, for your diet When I can't work out well and I am traveling, I do focus a lot more on my diet. So I try to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, try to do paleo perfect for a day, which I never accomplish. Right. (laughs) Uh, But the closer that you can stay to that prescription, the better off you are. I tell people
0: if you can eat well most of the time, like about 90, 85 to 90%, if you can eat well most of the time, you'll have an excellent bill of health or pretty close to it. Yeah. Uh, just trying to do as best you can. It's when you go completely off the rail and you throw it out the window every
1: day. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. You really can find some trouble. And I find that eating through a window yeah. is just oh. wrong. Oh, if somebody yeah. is eating through a window and giving you a bag of food in 30 seconds, Yeah. that is not yeah. food. It's a food-like substance. <laughs> <laughs> I love that uh, food-like substance. Uh, so I had this yeah. thought
0: on the way here today. Uh, I was dropping my kid off at the uh, at daycare on base, um, and this guy was in the back with one of his older kids. He, he had parked his car. He was sitting in the back with his kid. Um, I, because I'm nosy, he had a McDonald's cup in his cup holder, and he had uh, pancakes, and he was eating with like one of his older sons to drop his kid off. And in my head, I'm like, that's not even real food. Exactly. You're eating food, but food-like substance is a great thought, and it's something I'm actually going to steal and coin that a little bit. Um, so I've been circling on this idea lately. Uh, I look up to you in the ways that you win in your business, and I try to do the same, and I try to mimic that. Um, but what I find with a lot of people that are successful in business, there, there's often a uh, a parallel or an intersection of entrepreneurship and fitness, yep. and that the two are married together. And yep. if, uh, one is suffer, one is suffering; the other one will reciprocate and see the same thing. So, um, do you feel that fitness and uh, entrepreneurship are linked? Meaning, like if you're a very fit guy, more yeah. often than not, you're also successful in
1: business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do find that link, and the link is uh, is adversity. Yeah. That that's the uh, when you get to the core of it and you scratch away at it. Yeah. It's adversity, and to struggle under the bar is super important. Like and when
0: t- funding gets pulled in 2008 and you gotta find a way
1: out. Right? right. Scramble man, you gotta finish this workout. You right. know, it's not gonna happen for you, you gotta do it. Yeah. And so, I find that struggling under a bar is uh, it's a replacement for some of the things that I used to do in the military, yeah. uh, where you just have to struggle. Uh, and I find that that helps a lot, to, yeah. to know that you know, I've done this, I can, so I can do that. Right. And, and that um, Carries over to every aspect of your life. I truly believe that
0: uh, if you're a business guy, if you own a business, um, maybe you're already successful. I would guarantee that you could be more successful if you also took care of yourself. Because uh, a more confident, a more fit, a more energetic you is also a more productive you. And we know uh, it is. Your, your level of business ownership and entrepreneurship is much higher than mine, but I know that my productivity um, would not be possible. My ability to get up in the morning super early, do my programming, come coach people, work out, do more admin and program, like that couldn't happen if I wasn't fit and healthy. The same way that you couldn't travel, maintain working out, uh, keep up with all your meetings, take an hour out every day to podcast, to go leave and go somewhere else, and then come back to work out, like that was not, that could not be possible had you not kept up with your health and fitness your whole life
1: yeah yeah and it's yeah let's talk about something that you just said yeah who's more successful than who I don't look at it the way you just looked at it you are every bit as successful as I am and it has to do with the amount of hours that you dedicate to your passion and you dedicate almost a hundred percent of your time to your passion the passion in your business and the passion to your family and so do I uh, and my definition of success is is right. that is to do what you want to do right, whenever right. you want to do it. So I, I guess I, d- I didn't realize that I even just did that. right Yeah, uh, but, but no, I it's mean, common. I, you know, it is, it, people it's want true, to use but, that number. <laughs> you know, yeah. but I am just not there for that. Yeah. Um, and so you and I are peers in that respect. Uh, you're doing exactly what you want to do, yeah. and that is the winning. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> Trying to. Yeah. Yep. Um, and. I do want to say that the struggle under the bar, uh, you know, going back to our previous comment about how that has pays dividends. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu, uh, absolutely, 100%. There's no struggle like struggling against another human. It's a man uh, and, with his
0: hand in your collar. Uh, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yep. The urgency of being choked. Yeah. Uh, you know, the urgency of being armbarred uh, is uh, just a fantastic thing and has a ton of carryover. Yeah. When you're sitting in a meeting and you're like, oh yeah. You know, I I will own this crowd. Uh, You have uh, a mental weapon that is in your arsenal that you are using unconsciously all the time of knowing that, yeah, you know what? I'm the king of the heap in this room, for sure. You lost the minute you walked in the store. (laughs) You're going down. And so, uh, and this could be a man kind of a thing, but it does give you an advantage. Uh, And, you know, that advantage is real. Yeah. Um, Because I tell people this. That what could you accomplish if you took that inner person inside of you that says I can't do it that doubting Thomas that's inside of you Mm -hmm. that I can or I'm too embarrassed and you take that person and you tell them to sit down and take a break Mm -hmm. that is just imagine what you could do if you said that all the time to that person in your head that I can't that doubting Thomas and really uh, the more that you struggle through adversity, the more that you put that doubting Thomas away right. forever. Uh, and that is one of the things that I try to do mentally is that positive thinking, the power of positive thinking is just that is tell that doubting Thomas, Hey man, sit down. That was literally okay. my next question. Is Take like, a break. <laughs> how do you, how do you, like
0: every day you're happy, every day you're smiling. Um, that, uh, that blends and and, and makes its way out to everybody around you like uh um i i've gotten real picky with who and selective with who i spend time with because i only want that type of person around me um you are on the much you're on very much on the high end of like positive happy people um
1: why is that how do you do that Yeah, I teach, do, teach the world. I yeah. do take that guy and I do tell my doubting Thomas to, Hey man, sit down, it's okay. Yeah. You don't have to be here today. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I, I'll tell you that actually my happiness comes from a place that is not so happy. Um, and it may surprise you that what I think about is, uh, you know, um, my team sergeant uh, died in Somalia, uh, Black Hawk Down. You know, he was a part of that thing. Uh, and it's Like the movie? yeah yeah and so uh tim grizz martin tim uh he was probably he was one of the biggest mentors that i ever had as a soldier he was not a good uh in my opinion he could have done much better on the people over things front you know but he was very mission focused and he was a very good soldier uh the best uh and so you know i think about if tim had you know another day to live right what would he do you know and uh, Cole Hogan, he died in 9/11 at the Pentagon. Um, Nate Chapman, he was my uh, um, he was one of my best friends and and uh, on my team, uh, and he was the first um, casualty after the war. Um, uh, you know, the war after 9/11. So he was the first casualty in Afghanistan. Uh, and I think to myself, and Nate had you know a family and young kids, uh, and. You know, I think of the eulogy when I was there with him and if he only had another day. And so you'll hear me say, people ask me, hey, how you doing? And I'll say, you know, super duper. Did and you, <laughs> you know, right? And you know, it, and they'll sometimes they'll ask the follow up question, which is, how come you're super duper? That's awesome. And yeah. I say, it's a day and I'm in it. Yeah. And the, what I'm saying when I say that is, you know, that I need to live my day for Tim, for, right. you know, for Cole, for Nate, uh, for all those others who can't do it, right? Who didn't yeah. do it. And I need to to be as positive and proactive and um, as goal-oriented as I can humanly be because that's what they would want to do. Uh, and that's where my my smiles come from. Yeah. That's It comes from a place that's not too happy. But... Seriously, man, it really does put your life in focus.
0: You know? every day people ask me, "How are you today?" and I'm like, "Amazing, <laughs> right. uh, living the dream." But you know, there's like this stigma when people say that to like, "Is he being sarcastic?" Right, I'm living a dream. terrible day, and I'm like, "No, no, no," <laughs> and not sometimes when people look at me, like, "Like, dang, I just want to know how your day was." Like when they they take it as like I'm being sarcastic, I'm like, "No, no, no,", no. like I'm actually having an amazing day. Um, sometimes even if there's like some downfalls in there, but you gotta keep in this Always. mindset of like, this is amazing. Um, because I don't want to waste a single day being the other way, yeah. right? Every day is amazing. If you come in here and I'm actually in a bad mood, stuff is really bad that day. Like stuff has <laughs> hit the fan, like someone kicked my dog, a baby seal died, like all kinds of stuff has gone wrong today yep. um, if I have a bad day. Yep. And they do come from time to time. But the important thing is, is that I always try to um, course correct back to where I was. And um, just because I don't want to spend any other day outside of that, yep. that's important to me. Agreed. Um, I love that. I think that, um, why would you want to spend a day sad? Why? That's Wh- a bummer. Who benefits from that? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, there's nothing to it. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Um, you are a 52 year old young man, Yep. right? You've been on this earth a couple, uh, a couple TikToks, right? Yeah. There are people that listen to this that are in their forties and fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe who think that it's too late to yeah. be successful yeah. relatively or to, um, Get fit and
1: uh, start eating right. What would you say to them? It uh, it takes a period of transition, and you can transition at any time. Uh, and I think that uh, that now you know what to do. I could tell you what foods to eat and what not to eat, but you probably already really know. Information's uh, free. And people, you, stuff that yeah. I tell people, it's free on the internet. And you just. Yeah take the first step just go a little bit you know if uh if there's a gym and you you think that that's something that I want to do you know walk in talk to someone uh and you know you've got to just take that first step and for if I had to give this advice to my father and I tried to give this advice forever yeah. is just walk into the gym you know the pills that you're taking for you know to keep you moving and things like that are things that you can start to eliminate from your life but you have to understand that that you need to have just a little bit of adversity you have to step out of your comfort zone just a little bit but once you do you will get comfortable with that new environment and that new environment is going to be the thing that will allow you to live longer and have a higher quality of life. And so in my opinion, that fitness piece is very important and the nutrition piece, and they go together. Uh, And the closer you are to to optimal fitness and nutrition, the better off of you are. Mm -hmm. And most likely if you're 52 and you're thinking it's too late, you're just not focused on those two items. And in six months... You know, from where you are right now to six months could be a dramatic yeah. transition. Just taking it a little bit at a time. Just to go a little bit at a time. And when you mess up, it's okay, man. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Just You will mess up. Yeah. Oh, th- I yeah. do it all the time. I tell people I'm paleo plus ice cream. <laughs> you said oh, that the other night. Yeah, <laughs> oh, awesome. Lee, I love yeah. ice cream. <laughs> yeah. I'm a cookie uh, brownie guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? now everybody's got their thing, right? Mm-hmm. But once you step off of that, you know that, okay, you know, I've had that, you know. Uh, and it's okay and now I'm gonna ease myself back into that you know paleo lifestyle yeah Yeah, lifestyle Uh, so that's what I would say is just you know go a little bit at a time Mm -hmm. you know there's always room for improvement no matter where you are and just take that first step yeah
0: Yeah. actually um, my mom and dad just visited and uh, we're sitting at the kitchen table and um, they do this you know where they kind of joke around about the issues like they have health wise like you know oh mom's got her gallbladder taken out and um you know my dad's on insulin and um it's it's not that his uh like he can't create insulin uh he can it's just screwed up because of his lifestyle yeah right so uh, i started ranting a little bit and i'm like you know i don't understand how you guys like i am your son who will give you free information that i charge people for i will give you that free information the the same way that um, you know, my dad learns more about fishing. I do that about how to make people more fit and healthy. I'm obsessive about it, I read about it every day, I try to learn, I, I just just suck in all the information I can about it. And I'm trying to give it to you, and you're not ready to receive it, and you guys are instead giving your money to, like I'm sure you could rant on pharmaceutical companies too, but yeah. um, my dad has doctors that are prescribing him different dosing of it. insulin, instead of providing him with somebody who could correct his lifestyle and his nutrition, so that he could get off the insulin. And, and it's, it's crazy, it's, it's the first time that close to me I've been able to see that um, it's almost like they want him to stay sick. And to me, that's super frustrating for me. And like my mom's on you know blood pressure pills and all these other kind of things. And I'm like, you guys could get off 90 some, a high 90 percentile of all the medications you're on right now if you just took a step. Yep. So it, it, my dad was here a week and he lost four pounds because I made him start tracking his macronutrients. He <laughs> didn't eat any sugar. He was drinking more water. He got home weighed himself. He was four pounds down from the four days that he did it. <laughs> you know, and I'm like...
1: Yep. And, and Keep I'm, going, man. You know, I'm
0: going to talk to him. Uh, I'm probably going to call him this weekend when I'm at the airport. Uh, I try to call him like once a week, right? So I'm going to call him this weekend at the airport and I'm going to venture uh, to say that they probably stopped already. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what I can do to reach them, but I wish that they would just... Take it. Take that information and go with it. It's hard.
1: Uh, It's hard getting out of the the groove that you're in. Uh, And that's really why you have to hit that reset and you have to focus for a period of time. And that period is probably 90 days Mm -hmm. uh, where you take something and make it a habit. say, what, three months is a habit time, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I'm trying to do that right now with meditation. Uh, In the morning, I get up uh, and I try to meditate for 15 minutes. Um, Do you have like a guided app that you follow? I do have a guided app, yeah. Which one? uh, It is. Let's see. The guided app that I I for a little bit. yeah is uh, it's oak oh o- cool Oh o- and it's got it's very pleasant it's got some background music there's like six guided mm-hmm. meditations uh, and they have these things streaks and stuff yeah. you know which is good uh, but I'm actually having trouble uh, right now finding that space. Like this morning, uh, I got up and I'd you know, gone to bed a little late because I'd just finished you know, uh, speaking, and by the time I got home, was midnight, you know, so I got up this morning, and I thought that I was just too tired to meditate, that I'd fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I didn't, but I have to create that habit. Yeah. And so right now, I'm in that transition space where I really want to make that into something. Um, I think that that's a next place for me yeah. uh, to, to progress. Uh, but it's not yet a habit and so I've given it 90 days to make that a habit and I think that you have to do the same thing with food and nutrition Um, and with working out you know with lifestyle changes 90 days I really do think that that's the case and you know I wanted to segue for just a moment on on nutrition because this is something that I discovered recently and I told you a little bit about Mm -hmm. it and I want to tell everyone in whoop strap whoop strap 2.0 is a thing that i've had on my my uh arm for a while and it is basically a, a heart rate monitor that that helps me with my recovery yep <laughs> cody's got one too uh you know uh lots of folks have this thing and uh i thought it was interesting that the first time that i looked at the the literature for it it said that you know 30 of whoop users you know reduce their alcohol consumption and i was like well that's an interesting metric yeah. why is that well unfortunately you know I don't I'm not a big drinker but I did notice that uh, if I had alcohol the next day my recovery would be in 30 percent you know be very low and it would take two days to recover and I thought to myself you know what you know I don't drink that much you know maybe two three glasses one at the most uh, you know once a week yeah Uh, but I noticed that hey when I did that it, it took a while to recover and I said to myself okay what's the minimum amount and so, you know, I started experimenting. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I am a, a, a sample size of one, so mm-hmm. this is anecdotal, but it, right. it's certainly true for me, right. is that one glass of red wine, That it, what everybody says is, oh, healthy for you, you should have that every yeah. day. Uh-huh. It takes two days to recover from that, right. uh, at least for me. Uh, so if I have one glass of wine before bed, I'll go to bed, and the next day I'll wake up and I'll be... 28% recovered, right. and the next day I'll be 40% recovered, and then the third day I'll be 80% it recovered. Comes it does, um, and so every single time that that happens, yeah. you know, I look for that, and that's exactly what happens. And so, I would do want to tell people that, uh, nah, man, even that one glass of red wine. At least yeah. for me, you know, you can experiment with yourself, and if you have a, a device that's that's as uh, as uh, sensitive as the whoop strap which actually measures you know in between your heartbeats as part of your heart rate yeah. variability as part of your recovery which is amazing because it measures your sympathetic versus parasympathetic nervous system right. mind blowing, how right. you know I took a deep dive into that it's amazing <laughs> There's some research out there
0: that says that um, the minute you consume like anything alcoholic, all processes in your body that are involved in recovering like your muscle tissue um, your nervous system, all that stuff stops yeah. because your body has to filter that alcohol out of your system first. So I guarantee that that is tied to why you see that in your whoop strap every time you have something.
1: Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, and so I mean, it doesn't mean that I'm gonna not drink anymore. Of course I will. You right. know, you know that's part of life and celebration it's and awareness. things like that. But now you know. Yeah. At least I know that that is uh, true of me. And so right. I wanted to make sure that I put that out there.
0: I love it. Yeah. All right, so um, we are we are quickly running out of time here. Um, so I, I want to I finish on something that I'm going to start asking uh, any podcast guest that I have one. I think it's powerful this create yourself idea um, our tagline for our gym it's uh, what I've named my online training after the podcast is all about um, creating a life creating any life you want creating yourself right um, and then uh, creating any outcome you want and, and something that you can be known positively for the whole thing right so um, I, had this, I had to do this exercise a couple months back. We talked about this a little bit before the podcast started um, that I had to write my own eulogy. Um, and I love this question because it ties into like the limited time that we have and uh, living a life with gratitude. Um, so if you passed and people were to speak at your funeral, um, and we got about five minutes left here, um, <laughs> so we gotta get it done before that. Uh, how would you
1: want people to describe you oh man at your funeral great yeah. <laughs> first of all if you come to my funeral please you know a t-shirt and flip-flops <laughs> right uh, no need to be any different yeah. <laughs> but uh, at what's on your tombstone what's in so uh, I mean you know it's it's interesting that I would say that um, you know uh, on your tombstone you know here lies uh, a good guy super good to family and friends yeah. you know that's really what i'm looking to do and and um i would hope that there would be um folks who would remember you know the happy person that is me Uh, and really take that right and you know hey yeah it's sad i'm planted in the dirt six feet under but don't remember that you know Mm -hmm. talk about me you know and and the funny stuff that that you do and you know the things and i think that's i know that's what i want to be remembered for um and it in my own life, I, I think that I could be a better friend. Yeah, uh, I'm very focused on my family, and I want to. I always make sure uh, that you know I'm talking to my son, talking to my daughter, talking to uh, my wife, and making sure that they're happy. <clears throat> I find that that uh, if you are not happy in a relationship what you should do is to try to understand that person and what motivates that person and what their goals are and then help them achieve their goals and by doing that you will take that relationship to the next level you know if you understand it for me my wife and understanding her goals her needs her wants and focusing on that stuff uh... making sure that I, you know i go the extra mile that i don't leave dishes in the sink that you know i do that laundry right mm-hmm. because those things help her create more bandwidth for her for the things that she wants right. to do making sure that you know she she'll never take the time for herself and so you know when she says i want to do yoga teacher training she's been talking about that for a year i finally said hey the next time it comes up you gotta do it you, you ha- we will make the time mm-hmm. and so every weekend now she's away and you have a choice there. You can either say, oh, she's away and, you know, I oh, you know, wish she wasn't and blah, blah, blah. You could, you know, be down on a person for that. Or you could encourage them, hey, we got this. And, you know, come and visit, you know, yoga teacher training and bring yeah. food when you can. Yeah. You know, just totally help that commitment that she has made. And it will make your relationship better. I love that. And really, if you're talking to me, you know, at a funeral or something like that, and you're, you know, talking to that pine box that's i want you to tell stories of the times that he helped me out you know and and really that's that's probably it cody man dude simple dude
0: billy i have uh enjoyed this podcast uh probably as much as everybody else is going to listen to it i felt like i was listening to it myself it was cool to be a part of it um so uh billy where can they find you at if they just want to you know see pictures of your life follow (laughs) along with you i know you're not a big social media -er. i wish you were too (laughs) man you've got some value to offer uh where can they find you at yeah
1: oh. you know the book of faces yeah. you know my my wife is pretty good about keeping yeah. up on that so friend okay. friend me and friend my my lady Lisa L-Y-S-A okay. uh, and that's you know you can uh, you can always find me at the gym CrossFit Seven Cities yeah. uh, you know um, uh, and I'm around and I plan on being a little bit more socially active and when yeah. I do you know I'll let you know so we can update awesome. this perhaps Billy I love it yeah, uh,
0: pleasure do me a favor guys if you enjoyed this podcast please head on over to iTunes give us a five star rating um, give us any feedback on anything that you want to hear or on this show you name it uh, if you like it and you think Billy's got some awesome uh, mindset strategies to, to implement into your own life please like and share this uh, on the book of Face or on the Instagrams um, Billy it's a pleasure having you on maybe we can do this again in the future
1: thanks Cody high five <laughs> <laughs>